It started with my body. Then it got to my clothes, my shoes, my thoughts. It got to my identity, my personality, who I hung out with. It got to what I liked to do and what I didn't like to do. It got to my desires and aspirations, my career choice. It got to what music I was into and what art I liked. It got to things that I was interested in and things that I wasn't interested in. It got to everything. And I just, I didn't know how detrimental this disease could get. Good morning, get up. It starts with little comments like, you're fat or you're skinny or you're ugly, you're stupid, you smell funny. It even goes to the extent of you're wearing shacks, you're wearing N1s. Look at you wearing those Walmart clothes. You're a thrift baby. Uh Uh-oh. It starts with derogatory comments that feed into your consciousness about who you are, what you do, what you like, and what you have. And then you find yourself wondering, why would they say that? Why would they say something so mean to me and then have the nerve to laugh? They got the nerve to smile and laugh in my face and even worse, bring someone with them to laugh at me. And it makes you think even further, if I'm a laughing stock. If what I have and who I am is so wrong that I become a laughingstock, who's doing it right? Who's not getting laughed at? Who's not getting picked on? Who's not being the center of attention in a negative way? And what could I do to get what they're getting? I found myself struggling with a prideful mindset one day I had been going through a season of being so haughty in my mind about oh I'm the best in the room I could do this that and the third better than everyone else here I got more this I got more that I got more crazy stuff I'm just just thinking so haughty and so high-minded above people and I asked God why am I thinking like this why am I having this season? Like, why, why is this even happening? And he said, in order for you to feel important at all, you feel like you have to be the most important. Huh? You're overexerting yourself trying to feel value amongst others. So you feel like you have to exalt yourself in order to feel value amongst them. It later became a realization that this is an inferiority complex. And what that means is a person will overexert themselves, overdo things, try hard just to feel value amongst others because they are under the notion and the misconception that because other people are around them that are seemingly better makes them feel inferior makes them feel like they don't have any value, makes them feel like they don't have any meaning. So, for instance, I felt like I had to say that I'm the best musician in the room to be a good musician in the room. 
you dig? I felt like I had to play all the crazy licks and do all the crazy stuff. And while this mindset flooded my brain, it actually messed me up from doing what I wanted to do well. So I was like, God, wait, what are you talking about? Like, wait. And then he was like, well, you have to look at how insecure you feel. You feel inferior to people that actually do well at what they do. Somebody comes in with more money. Somebody comes in with better skills. Somebody that ends up being a better leader. And it's all because they practiced and they did well and they prepared themselves for whatever moment it called for. Called for. Just because these people practiced and did well and did what they were supposed to do. I felt like I was inferior and insecure. For instance, it looks like, oh, man, I wish I could be like them. I wish I could play keys like them. Man, I wish I could speak like them. Man, they're such a great leader. And I don't feel like I'm that great of a leader. And when you feel like this, you start to pull back and you start to reluct and relent and feel rejected amongst yourself. You're rejecting yourself because you feel like if you step up to the plate, it won't measure up to the standard that you set in your head. But that standard was based off of someone else's life. Then he told me, you got to look at how much you copy. You're a copycat. You look at other Instagram pages to try to find your aesthetic. You look at other YouTube channels trying to find your content. You listen to songs, copy and licks. Instead of learning how to play the lick and transfer it to other. Like. You got to look at how much you've looked at. What are you wearing today? And then modeling all your outfits after that. What is Pinterest? An app for copying. So all of this hit me and I was like, well, wait a minute. God. What's actually going on here? He said, listen. You have an untold cancer. An untold cancer. Is it unknown? No, you like you, you know. About this thing. No one told you it was a cancer. And the thing about cancer is whenever it attaches to something, it spreads and erodes what's there. Someone has breast cancer, the disease attaches to the breast, it spreads and erodes what's there. Same thing with any other cancer in any other part of the body. It spreads and erodes what's there. Erode means it decays it, it dissipates it, it takes it out, it kills it. And what God told me is what shifted my whole season. And it's still what I'm working through as I speak to you right now. He told me, Antoine, and I'm telling you now, comparison is a cancer to your confidence. 
Let me talk to you for a second. The reason why you feel like you're behind compared to somebody else is because of comparison. The reason why you don't feel like you have as much in your life and you feel like you don't have enough comparison. The reason why you feel like you're not happy in your marriage or your relationship because everybody else going on our trips, everybody else is intimate and hugging up and everybody else is lubby dubby in the public comparison. The reason why you feel like you're not as close to God as somebody else comparison. The reason why you feel like you don't do as well as somebody else comparison. The reason why you're suffering in your own insecurities is because you're comparing. Comparison has been a cancer to your confidence. But I got news for you. I don't know why I'm taking a turn in the message right now, but I got news for you. You have value and you have meaning. I don't know what that means to you and I don't know what that means to your future, but I need you to know right now that you have value and you have meaning. You do not have to look at someone else's life and compare to someone else's life, trying to copy off of their life so you can feel value. You have value within yourself. You don't have to change your gender. You don't have to change your identity. You don't have to change your job just because someone else is doing it. You have value. You have meaning and God loves you. But I'm afraid that we're so unaware of the casualties of this cancer. Celebrities suffering in comparison. Leaders suffering in comparison. America suffering in comparison. Other countries suffering in comparison. Our little cousins and little brothers and sisters and our moms and dads, our sisters and brothers, our uncles and aunts, granddads and grandmas and different people, they all have battled with comparison. But the question is, did you rule over it or is it ruling you? Comparison has been a cancer to your confidence. And I said, God, where is this in the Bible, though? Like, I'm trying to find it. Like, like, where is it? Like, 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 is it in here? Like, what you want me to tell you? Is it in Proverbs? Like, does it say stupid people compare? Like, what does it say, Lord? And he he led me to several stories. And while I studied all of them, I won't bore you with several stories. He pointed me to one that we want to highlight today. If you got your Bible, turn to Genesis four. We're going to talk about Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel is the perfect scenario to talk about this. Because. There are results when you let comparison rule over you. Let's look at the text. This is what it says. Now, Adam knew Eve. I'm in the New King James Version. Now, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again. This time, his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain, but, oh, Jesus, but Cain was a tiller 
of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock in their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Here are the key verses. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? I want to stop right there. Someone did better than you on a test. Someone performed better at the quarterly meeting. Someone presented more money. You're not number one in your district. Why are you mad? You didn't make first chair in band. You didn't make lead part in choir. Maybe you didn't get the highest A on the last science test. Why are you mad? Maybe your style hasn't gotten any better and someone else has come around with the style that you like and you're looking at them like, man, they're getting more likes and comments on their page. Dang, they opened their business and they got their money faster than me. Dang, they got more supporters for their business and their business is flourishing. And yours isn't in its own respect. Why are you mad? I'll continue. And then why has your countenance fallen? Why has your face? Why are you looking like this? Hmm? Here's my favorite verse. If you do well, I could run out this room and this is my bedroom and I got a lot of stuff to knock over. But here we go. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. That life that your friends may be calling you back to. It's knocking at the door. But you should rule over it. That sin that the devil is tempting you in the middle of the night with. Yeah, it's knocking. But you should rule over it. Anything that the enemy is trying to pull you back into that God saved you from, that he progressed you out of, that he delivered you out of. It's knocking. But you should rule over it. How much sin in our lives are we actually ruling over versus it ruling over us? Got to leave that alone. So we just looked at how Cain and Abel came about right now if you read the rest of the story you'll find that Cain killed Abel literally says it in the next three or four verses Cain killed Abel in the middle of the field and God was like hey bruh what's going on <laughs> you killed your brother what's happening but we have to focus on why did he do it? You could suggest that Cain killed Abel because God didn't accept his offering. But might I suggest that Cain killed Abel because Cain was suffering in the cancer 
of comparison. Cain killed Abel because Abel got accepted over him. How many people are you trying to kill because they got accepted over you? How many people are you trying to demote because they're doing better than you? How many leaders are out there trying to control their congregation, control their flock, control their people instead of leading them? You're trying to control them and manipulate them because you know they have the potential to exceed you. How many parents are living the lives that they should have lived 30 years ago through their children, their teenagers, their young adults, their grown adults? Because you know they can exceed you. And you're killing people. Lord have mercy. Because you're mad that they're better. Once again, I got to ask you. Why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? Every time they come around, you sad. Every time they come around, you compare Every time they come around you, she thinks she all that. And you mad because you not like that. Uh-oh. Comparison really is a cancer to your confidence. And I asked the Lord, Lord, goodness gracious. What do we do about this? How do I stop comparing so I don't have cancer in comparison, you know? And Lord, we want to pray for anybody that is suffering in the battle of cancer right now in the name of Jesus, that you get them through that thing and you pull them out of that thing and allow them to walk in your victory, Lord, because you have stripes on your back for our healing. So I'm asking that those stripes transfer over to the people that need that healing. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right. But this cancer, though. This cancer takes some walking out of. And I'm like, Lord. What's the solution? What's really the thing that we need to do? And he said, look at verse seven. If you do well. Will you not be accepted? Break it down, Lord. He said, the reason why you keep comparing is because you still got time to. You have too much time on your hands. So you compare. When you got all that time, you start to scrolling. You start scrolling. Look at look at look at them on a trip. Look at them. Uh Oh, she didn't got married, but I ain't married. Uh Oh, he got married, too. Shoot, where my ring at? Dang, they got how much for their new business? They paid it back in when? Man. Dang, they starting their podcast. They doing their thing. Wow, they get viewed. Look at that. They got a thousand views on there. That video wasn't even that good. Comparison. You got too much time. He said, if you do well, will you not be accepted? What does that suggest? That suggests if I do well at what I do, 
Won't I get the same credibility? Won't I get the same acceptance? Check this. If Kane just did better, wouldn't he have gotten accepted as two? Think about this. Abel brought the best that he had. Kane brought mediocre. Abel brought the fattest and the first of his flock. That's usually the most valuable of any sheep presentation that you could bring. Give me the biggest one. Give me the oldest one. But Cain brought the fruit off the ground. What does that mean? Imagine you going to the apple orchard and you're not picking any apples off the tree. You picking them all up off the ground. The ones that they stomped on, the ones that the worms was eating, the worms was just loving them things. And you pick those up and that's what you present to God. Grapes off the ground, bananas off the ground. You picking the fruit off the ground because if you're a worker of the ground, you can produce trees, branches, bushes, vines, and all different types of fruit producing plants. But you choose the fruit off of the ground to present to God. Cain could have just did better at what he was supposed to do. But he didn't. And sin ruled over him. And guess what? Now someone's dead because they just didn't perform well at what they do. Someone was jealous, killed a person just because the person that killed him didn't do well at what they do. They were jealous because they compared. So how do we get out of this? How do we work out of comparison? And God revealed it to me. He said, the first thing you need to do is practice. Anytime someone does well at what they do, it comes with practice. Before I started talking to you, I practiced in the car on the way home. Before I start doing any lesson, any teaching, I practice. Before I did the church service that I did tonight, I practiced. The only way I could do well at what I do is through practicing. And it's when I stop practicing that I start comparing. When I stop practicing, I start looking at someone and dang, they do a good. But it's like I now I have too much time because I'm not practicing. John Coltrane is one of the most famous jazz saxophonists to ever walk on earth. And his most famous track is called Giant Steps. Giant Steps is one of the complex songs of jazz music and especially hard bop jazz. Why? Because it's got so many complex harmonies and different movements and all that stuff. And people say, oh, it ain't that bad. But it's like for beginners and intermediate people, it is. But why is this song so popular if you know the history of this song giant steps was a practice routine you mean to tell me that the most famous song of a person is his practice routine this man did so well at preparing himself to play that it became a song in his most famous staple someone got famous for doing well at what they do by them practicing 
jazz loose because he got famous for practicing i want ooh, i feel the i feel a dig right here i want you to be so good at doing what you do that you get famous for practicing you don't even have to get famous for what you did it's the fame for practicing i want you to be so well known for your practice routine People don't even have to know what you do. They just know that you practice really well. The next part of doing well is it takes persistence. Anybody that is willing to do well at what they do must persist after it. Because when I'm not persisting, I have too much time to compare. Think about it. If I'm not pressing toward the mark of the high calling that Jesus Christ called me to. Then I'm going to spend time comparing to others who are doing so. If I'm not persisting after the goals and the finish lines that God wants me to strive for, I'm going to spend all my time looking at others that are getting closer to theirs. If I'm spending all my time not persisting after the things that God has assigned me, I'm going to be jealous of those who are achieving their assignments. Why? Because I'm not doing what I need to do. Had Cain just practiced getting the right fruit and persisted after pleasing God, he would have been accepted. But the last point is you have to be patient. I want to talk to a fast paced generation, which is my generation and say, Hey, yo, slow down. The only reason you're speeding is because someone else is moving faster than you. And you're mad that you're not keeping up with them. The only reason you're speeding is because you feel like you're going to be left out if you don't catch up to them. You feel like if you don't move as fast as the crowd, as fast as the culture and as fast as the trends move, then you're going to be left out and left behind and in the dust. And you feel like you're not going to be valuable back here. But what if God launches you from way back here? What if God pulls you back? Everybody else is moving forward, but God pulls you back. So he can launch you. I want to talk to somebody that feels like they are going through a situation where God has pulled them back and they're wondering, why am I not progressing? Why am I not moving as fast as I used to? Why am I not going as fast as I used to? Why is this season so tough? And I have to stay right here and I have to stay put and I have to wait and I have to wait and I have to wait and I have to wait. I want to talk to a generation that don't want to wait. Why am I waiting here? It's because God is about to renew your strength. If you hold on and wait a little while longer, God will renew your strength. God will tell you what you need to know and he'll pull you back so he can launch you forward. I will never forget being in a season where God said, I'm pulling you back. Pulling you back out of the crowd, out of the limelight, out of being seen out of being around I'm pulling you back 
so you can work on some things. So you can get some things together. And when he pulled me back, he launched me. God will pull you back to launch you in your next. So whatever you do, wherever you go, whatever happens, just know that God is with you and God will help you. Listen. The reason why you keep comparing is because you're just not focusing on what you're supposed to do. But if you practice, if you be persistent and you be patient, you will do well. Good morning and thank you for tuning in to Morning Cup of Wisdom podcast. The world is raising up teachers for themselves and leading each other into a ditch. But this podcast is built to put itching cream on your ears, telling you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you love, share and follow Jesus. Jesus Christ is the son of God who came into the world not to condemn the world, but to save the world through dying on the cross for our sins so that we can have eternal life in heaven. When we repent, we get access to that life and access to help in this one. If you want to follow Jesus, here's how you start. Repeat after me. I believe that Jesus is Lord. I believe that Jesus died and rose from the grave for my sin. I receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, I repent and turn towards you. If you really believe that, you are saved. If you want to keep growing in your connection to God, make sure you like, share, and follow Morning Cup of Wisdom on the various platforms listed in the description. Until next time, I hope you have a good morning.